Are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous? Which is more important, getting or letting go? Kelly Butler is a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, but he also played in the NFL. Butler now works with indigenous children in Winnipeg. Playing for a purpose, works with young people, providing mentorship and creating opportunities. Kelly, as a black man and a former professional athlete, how are you feeling watching all of this unfold? It's your host with the most, it's your boy KB. And you know what? I thought it'd be more important to be able to have a synergy and an energy. So I have a man, the man, the legend, the Mr. Man himself. Mac, what's going on? How are we checking in on you today? How you feeling, baby? Hey, good, man. We actually had a really good day today. And for the listeners to know, we did a fun little photo shoot with my wife that I think went well. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, it went better than the photo shoot we've done in the past. I mean, we weren't fighting ourselves and we weren't uh, foolishly uh, spending money that we didn't have. So I think <laughs> we were able to um, really absorb the essence of the the road to redemption and, and, and pushing to produce independent, to be able to have an idea, to be able to showcase what Winnipeg is about and really just incorporating what we are, um, an independent label that's trying to, you know, bring a voice to the streets and tell our story. So I think it was really, really uh, fun to do. Yeah. And I, I got to give you a shout out, man, because we were in downtown Winnipeg grabbing a bite to eat. And anybody that's from Winnipeg knows that sometimes it's not the greatest of spots. And at the end of our evening, we were approached by two gentlemen uh, we were minding our own business and they offered Ke uh, Kelly some substance that's probably illegal. And, you know, Kelly took that situation and Kelly brought <laughs> Kelly brought a closet of clothes for this photo shoot. OK, <laughs> uh, but Kelly offered these guys that seemed a bit down on their luck, two of his primo nice shirts. And they were like blown away. They couldn't believe you were giving them shirts. I mean, I think the situation was I got to give Kirk Kinsella a, a shout out because we do the check in with him uh, on Friday. The coach's corner, excuse me, the coach's corner with Coach Kinsella. And he had recently had too many clothes for himself. Um, and since I've lost so much weight. He was able to, to, to reallocate his, his clothing to me. And some of the stuff did fit, some of the stuff didn't fit. And the two gentlemen that were walking down were, were a lot of the people that I work with in like the Dream Chaser program, guys that necessarily aren't bad people, but have got a few to me tattoos in a couple of the wrong places and be pigeonholed to a certain sort of way of making money. So I was like, when you decide to get serious, um, it's not the tattoos that's holding you back, it's your mindset. So here's a couple shirts, here's a Four Sisters hoodie, and you know, stay solid. And then he offered me some coke. Okay, and I was like, I'm straight. <laughs> and I, was like, I'm, I was like, I'm cool, dog. I'm like, I'm glad you're on your business, but I don't need any cocaine. Yeah, my wife and I, Lisa, just kind of looked at each other when he offered you the uh, drugs. We're like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, the cocaine? Like, you can say no to cocaine. That's what's like, the, the, you can say no to drugs. Like, a drug dealer is not going to be like, oh, my gosh, we're going to beat you up. Like, dog, uh, no, I don't want any cocaine. I'm going home to go to sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we had a great day doing the photo shoot. I don't know if you know this, but the shirt I was wearing, actually, I haven't worn this since Lisa bought it for me because when she bought it for me, it was too small for my stomach. Oh, wow. And so it was kind of a nice moment being able to put on a nice shirt I haven't worn in a very long time. And just feel just feel good about myself. You know what I mean? Like going through my own weight loss journey. Let's be completely honest here. And I want to be very, very transparent. Like it's a phenomenal shirt for the old version of yourself because you've lost 20 pounds and that shirt is a great shirt, but it shows you how far you've come. So like 
sometimes you don't necessarily articulate that because I was having you change into your four sisters shirt. That was a little bit of a smaller size. I'm like, this is fitting you a little bit better than the shirt that you were wearing before. And I think as we're going to be completely honest on the show, um, body dysphoria, uh, body uh, dysmorphia is something that men and women go through as they change their body image. So as we see ourselves as 365 was as big as I was. And today I, I checked the scale. I was like, I'm 250. So I'm down 110 pounds. We ate like kings and we had a good time but it, it, it's being able to, to, to come to grips with the version you are um and stepping into those shoes and i'm motivating you to go through the things that uh, i call her my sister sarah that i work out with um at a big shout out to wheelhouse um and we've gone through our journey with our our weight loss journey with sarah she supported me through this and uh, she's on the board and like she is a sister um she had the same sort of kind of conversation about you know, waking up and seeing your the new version of yourself and not really knowing who you are. And that's why I call myself Hollywood Coles or shirt off KB, because for so many times I've been made, I've never felt confident to have my shirt off. I was just really hot. And finally I've been able to take my shirt off and people have been able to say, Oh, look at this. So I'm trying to say, man, it was cool because we both had our shirts off <laughs> sitting there at uh, one of our one. Of, we, had, we shot our, our, our photo shoot in different locations. And we were at the St. John's St. James Rods field, like two kids, watching people play football and then we got to go play football. So I think if you're not able to come back to where you're from and you're not even from there, where, where did you play ball at Mac? Yeah, I'm a St. Fatal boy. I played for the Mustangs. So I have played on that field though. So that brought back memories. So my question was, did it really bring my mis- it did. memories? Tell me about that. As you know, being a part of team like that and a sports team and a football club, it's such a different, how to put this. I've never experienced anything like it since. And I, I remember getting on the bus with the boys to take the half an hour bus ride over to St. James there. And you're just getting into that mentality of, you know, I trust my team. My boys got me back. We're going to war. You know what I mean? And uh, like I said, I haven't experienced that since I've played. I mean, I think that's the greatest thing is when you say you're going to war because you're really going to battle. And I remember I actually was a teammate with Kellen Winslow. And, you know, as a teammate, he's a phenomenal teammate. And he had said that rhetoric when he was playing for Miami and it was misquoted and taken out of context. And then after sports, he was not the same person. And he was, you know, he had post-traumatic sports disorder. Um, I look at from an athlete's perspective, as we segue in on the check-in in our audience is like, the thing I had a major issue with today was I was watching at the NCAA women's basketball in comparison to the NCAA men's basketball and just equality. A lot of times I talk about race and, uh, and from a, from a, an African-American perspective or a Canadian perspective, an American perspective. And a lot of my Canadian audience, audience always wants to say, we don't see uh, color. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do gender this time. So it was very gender difference in comparison to, um, and, I'll, and I'll frame it for everybody. If you're not, you know, and it's like, I hear this often, this is not a hockey, this is a hockey city. So you're not necessarily familiarized with basketball. And I doubt a lot of Canadians be familiarized with women's college basketball that's going on right now, which is considered March Madness. Our college sports in Canada is at a much lower level than the States. Let's just call a spade a spade. Um, so they're now they're in two separate locations. The men's basketball tournament is in Indianapolis and the women's is in San, San Antonio. So when we look in comparison to facilities and, and, and how they are being sanctioned and set up, um, the, the amenities for the men is, is on par with a top tier multi-million dollar institution in comparison to the top five or top 10 tier program. So it's just, it's a hundred and let's say 28 teams combined compared with the rules. And you saw in the women's, they had one rack. 
of weights compared to a massive facility. It wasn't that the, the space was an issue. It was that they weren't allocated the same amount of necessities to perform. And then so one girl, and I gave her a big shout out. I'm not sure her name, but she just was able to showcase what was going on. So a lot of times in our culture, when somebody tells the truth, they say it's snitching. I'm like, whoa, this person is bringing to light a situation that needs to be addressed so we can make it right. So she brought it to light within like, minutes and then what happened was Don Staley is my favorite basketball coach he was a, 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 a tough Philly point guard that played um, for Virginia and then from Virginia she was able to go to play for the Olympics she played she's just a superstar and now she's the head coach of South Carolina and she's done very well um, the first black coach to win was Carolyn Peck from Purdue which I'm going back to school and I think the second person to do this was um excuse me, Dawn Staley uh, from University of South Carolina. So when she um, spoke up, because she brought attention to this and then it kind of got that media attention. And now the the, the women's facility is drastically on point. Um, and throughout my day, I was bringing attention to these, these things. And I saw a lot of people that saw, you know, my feeds, be it Facebook, be it Instagram and behind excuse me, behind closed doors, they were able to just see what the messaging. So I'm like, we're sharing the stage for equality. So I felt like in my own little version of Kelly Butler, not according to the, to the push, I have a daughter, I have a clothing company. And that's not even the, the bigger picture is I have sisters and I would want them to be able to enjoy uh, an experience the way that the male have if they were twins. If my, if my son played for Michigan basketball team and my daughter played for, let's say, South Carolina, I would want them to equally be able to share the space because they were both phenomenal athletes. So I, I, I and I was very happy with how the situation was able to be resolved. And I think if you don't speak up in a timely manner and do it with some class, but still, you know, put some 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 persistence and some passion behind it, that's the only way you get change. Right, right. Hey, and uh, speaking of your sister, uh, some exciting news for you, Kelly, as I'm sure everybody saw on social media, you were finally paid by the NFL. So that chapter is finally closed, which means you get to go back to school now. It, 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 it's when you say that out loud, it doesn't seem real because the, yeah. the money hasn't touched the funds. Um, this is 10 years, guys. Um, more like 20 uh, of a bad decision of leaving early. And, and sitting there, you know, in the States, when you sign with an agent, you you, you signed your life away to somebody else who's going to represent you. And that's the biggest difference between college sports here in the States and in Canada. And from that moment on, I became an adult, you know, in life and everything. And I didn't have parents and blood relatives. You know, I wasn't connected. So a lot of the pain and the passion you see me doing these push-ups is, you know, in moments in time, you, you got to push through something that necessarily right, wrong or indifferent. And then I got here and I applied for it 10 years ago. Um, with the help of, uh, at the time, was the president of MS Society. She was a very educated person and was approved to go down there. So those conditions and the way that they performed on that side of the border, it was, it was barbaric. Um, I, I drove by myself. Um, I went and had like a five-hour test to do the, the neurological, and I panicked and started crying. Hey, quick question, though. If if any of our listeners are struggling athletes, whether it be with a an injury maybe they've sustained or maybe even mental problems, are there any readily available resources that they can use here no, in Winnipeg? Or No, just reach out to me, honestly, mm. because it's like, here's the thing that's readily, and, and I would say, let me stop for a sec. Yes and no. I'm not going to be a fucking asshole here. So I, I, I need to, 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 to take a pause. 
the, the allocation of mental health resources are available depending on your bank account. So I think if you expect that the, 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 the mental institution is going to better you, it's going to change. Um, no, it'll give you some direction and some guidance, but you're going to be self-disciplined. You're going to put some work in and look for it in a lot of different places. And then what happens is you come to the conclusion of what is normal for you and the quality of life of, do I want to take all these pills? Do I want to work out? But you're going to go through a lot of things and be subjected to so much. So I think if for, for the listeners, I think you need to take a moment for yourself to pause if you are going through mental health issues, you shouldn't be drinking, seriously. I mean, because it's going to stimulate those emotions during these timely uh, fashions. So as people are watching sports, you're watching sober people break down. That's why it's called March Madness. You're seeing higher seeds losing to lower seeds that shouldn't happen. So you're seeing people lose money because it's it's a betting game. So as much as you're not seeing on the, the, like the arena, there's people that are betting on this, losing hundreds of millions of dollars. The brackets are, are broken. So this is probably one of the best monetary things that's ever happened because people are betting on sports behind the scenes because they're really into live action. And then athletes are having to compete in an environment that they're not accustomed to without the fans. So it's the best of both worlds. You're getting the best product, which you're mentally focused. And you're also getting this. The one thing that I find is fucking disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. And I want me people to hear when I speak so clown that it makes you pop off the speaker is to all you suck ass motherfucking fans that want pop shit. I will fuck you up because I don't like when kids are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old and the disgusting comments when somebody misses a free throw or somebody that's in the school. And that was the thing that turned sports into to, to, it's a science of madness because that's why I go to sociology and psychology. Somebody gets prepared for that moment and loses, has to go back to that school and you know, the school respects it, but everybody else just is like, you know, look at like the Florida State punters or the kickers that missed it. They do things in college sports that just destroys people's mentals. And we condone that shit. You know what I'm saying? Cyberbullying was being along a lot sooner than these fucking punkets in high school. We've been getting cyberbullied as athletes for years. So I think when we reintroduce COVID, we have to be very critical of these fucking asshole kids. I think it's cute to pop off shit. And like, Kelly can't say that. Like, I'll fuck these kids up because these kids are doing this shit to other kids that are having pre, you know, these are a predisposition for mental, you know, you know, disposition. They don't know who they are. For those that don't know, Kelly played for a very, his Detroit Lions team just couldn't get anything going. And some of the fans were very disrespectful. There's two situations. And thank you for clearing that because I get passionate. So my, my buddy, uh, Antoine Rogers, as I talk in previous shows, um, it's a historic catch Ohio State versus us. You know, he gets called on them. They go to win the national championship. For a while there, he's got to deal with that shit. Then as he gets ready to go to NFL, his agent says, hey, we're going to have you get paid for it. So he gets paid like, I don't know, five grand a month when they replay that over and over again. Um, so that was like, I was happy in that feel-good situation. You know, the mental disposition in college, you know, Charles being iconic, he was not Bird. He was the number two overall pick. He won the Belenikoff. He was a fucking superstar. And then he went to a better situation called the NFL, and then they would just butchered him. You know, they, they did so many things to him, called him the bus and the lions and everything. And they just, they really just, and then that was on one side, just the person. And then the fans, you know, they wearing masks and like putting on, I'm like, look, you bitch ass motherfuckers. Like the people that is really popping this shit, let's get on the field. You think this is fucking cute? You think we enjoy fucking losing? You think we're like, yo, we're going to show up and get our fucking ass kicked in? No. So the fans got to getting cute and shit, and it just became, and it wasn't all the fans. It was the fans that could afford the games, not the real diehards. 
Yeah. You know, the diehards, like, I fuck with Detroit. Like, and Detroit knows not me. The motherfuckers that fuck with the Lions, they fuck with KB. You know what I'm saying? Because I fuck with the Pistons. I fuck with the Red Wings. Me and Chris Chelios, that's my fucking guy. Me and Kid Rock, that's my fucking guy. Bossy, Kid Rock's bodyguard, that's my guy. So when I say the motherfucking bitch-ass fans was wearing, I'm like, that, that's the same fans that Dominic Riola would flick off and have to go out there and get paid fine $20,000 the lawyers and all these fuckers, you know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like, when you look at them, like when you make people become something because you wanted us to entertain you and then you butcher us because you say it's normal. And then we say we have a disability, like, you know, accredit us. And you're like, you shouldn't use tones and threatening. So like Sam from the benefits and, and Emily, I'll be popping shit in my emails because you guys go boo and talk shit to me. So I'm like, if you're going to boo so fucking much when I'm on the field, when you get behind that desk, I'm going to go out there and give you that same fucking flame. And it works. Yeah. So, so to explain through Kelly's, him trying to get his disability payments from the NFL, he's dealt with people from their office. And from what I personally saw, Kelly would forward me the emails. It was very, I could see how a, a former athlete, when this is your employer, is giving you the runaround. And I think everybody's gotten a runaround from an employer in their life at some certain job. I know I have personally. And so Kelly would be a little bit pas uh, passionate in email. And sometimes you have to be to get your point across so things start moving. Because when I've dealt with that myself, I don't think I've been passionate enough. And they take advantage of that, right? And then nothing ever gets sorted. Let's, let's talk there for a real seat. And I appreciate you bringing that into the conversation. I CC you on every single email. Yes or no, Mac? Yes, correct. And I sometimes accidentally see you, see you on your other <laughs> business emails you're like, Kelly, we can't do this. And I started learning. So because I knew I needed some backup. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. You just need somebody to see what's going on. Right. So 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 my question is, there's certain prominent people in this city that would be CC like, why the fuck am I on this email? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would get in trouble by certain prominent people that sometimes I have to take down posts because certain prominent people that are my father tell me to take down certain shit because like, Kelly, what are you doing? like dad or whatever i want to look to him i was like i need some help here they're bullying your son and when i take it down it seems to get resolved but i realize there's a certain way in the tone and a certain way to create an email to get the reaction you want you understand what i'm saying yeah and you know you've seen my emails <laughs> there was that one email i said you said oh shit max mad even though i in the email i didn't write anything mean there, there, there's an email etiquette yes or no yes yes exactly now for, for everybody here that thinks emails are not something that are serious emails give you an art a, a, a documentation that holds an institution to their policies and procedures yes or no yeah so it's it's a really good way to keep a paper trail because once it's an email, it's concrete. And in my profession, when we're talking about terms and conditions, you need that backup. And especially when it's something as important, important as your livelihood when it came to your NFL disability. Because let's play the reverse for a second. As we check into the audience, I want you to listen very carefully. Now, what side are you on? Are you an owner or a slave? Now, if you're an owner uh, and you're a renter, if you don't pay on time, you get penalized. Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. If you want to borrow the bank's money, Capital One, you have to borrow it at a 32% rate. Yes or no? And if you don't, you have to pay it back and it compounds and it becomes a problem. That's so right. now, all of a sudden, if I don't meet my timelines, if, if you don't make your rent in 30 days, what happens? So here's the weird thing. I want to go get real serious and become, I want your mind 
to think for one second about financial currency, athletes and investments and banking, marketing and being mindful of your money. So here's what we're going to say right now, boys and girls. This is a financial literacy part in checking in with Kelly Butler the second time around with financial literacy. So when you look at money from the bank, before you take it, do you really need it? And if you don't really need it, don't borrow it. Because as soon as you borrow it, now you are going to owe it back on top of certain things. The second thing is this. The bank always wants somebody else's money to back up your money. So if you borrow my money, you're borrowing my money. When you take money out of the bank, now you're borrowing Kelly Butler's money. I'm just going to make it very clear because it's American money. So how many Americans live here? But how many Americans need to borrow Kelly Butler's money? A lot of fucking Americans. That's why my money is at RBC. So now RBC is going to protect Kelly. So when people ask me, why am I sending my address? Because RBC wants that money to go into their bank because they want their money to be secured. So now here's the problem. If you're not following your details, guys, and you're under the financial mark and you borrowed the money, the $40,000, the forgivable loan that pays back $20,000, I mean $10,000, if you haven't paid your back property taxes, if you've missed a couple things, if you've not necessarily talked to your accountants, all your back end that you were struggling with is going to be broken in the front end, and then you're going to be twice as broke. And now you're going to have to call what's called bankruptcy because the bank doesn't want the money back. They want all their property, and they want to go out there and crush you so you never come back. So you have to be very careful when you look at a forgivable loan because the bank knows that it's forgivable for $10,000. The bank also knows that they're hiding the money somewhere else because they know you're not that smart. So all the people that were trying to beat the system with the CERB and the forgivable loans, you might have to go talk to your financial planner and say, what are you doing? Because you don't necessarily know the interest rates. You don't know where the dollar is. You don't know where the Canadian dollar is. But guess what? The Canadian dollar is not as strong as the American dollar, boys and girls. And if I could uh, piggyback your, you know, being careful with taking loans from the bank, I think it's also important to mention that credit cards can also be um, just as problematic. Because I know me personally, it took all of my 20s, I'm 31 now, and it took all of my 20s to pay off my credit card debt. So they're great to have, but like you said, if you can't afford it, don't buy it. There's no self-discipline. Here's the thing, guys, and I want to be completely honest on the check-in. The person that, I, that remains nameless, the people in Winnipeg know who he is, the people that are family friends know who he is, but out of respect, it's just funny fucking out to me. I'm Bruce Wayne, and pretty much everybody in Winnipeg knows that. Um, he taught me financial literacy. He, he he explained it to me. You know, the man, the myth, the legend, that that's my grandpa. Like, there's no like fucking around here, guys. And he taught me how to be a student because I had to go out there and ask for his money. It wasn't my money. I had to get his money to go out there and have my dream become a reality. So, in order for him to invest in my dream, he had to go out there and understand the vision of why he should financially back it. So, he explained to me why that dream was going to be a nightmare if he invested. So, I got a real good lesson in what not to do. And that cost me, let's just wait for it, probably about 50 grand. To go out there and buy a building, a commercial building, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, it costs you 40 grand. Then you got to get pre-approved. If you want to buy a $1.4 million building, you got to have liquidized a down payment of 300 grand. You got to put that fucking DP down. 
And then they got to make sure that you can back that collateral making about what I told you, 11 grand a month. Yeah. So, so to sort of explain, Kelly has his clothing company for sisters. And when he approached his investors about the idea about opening up a storefront, there was a lot of back and forth. And like Kelly's saying, they had to teach him financial literacy to see that, hey, maybe do this online, save yourself a bunch of overhead, and then you can bring in even more money. So I think it's important to get the right advice. Because here's the thing, Forest Sisters is a company that's doing the same thing it would be doing in COVID, but it's costing us a hell of a lot less to be, you know, an e-commerce store. It's just holding its platform. Shirts are going out. I can give you a spoiler alert. All the women wait for it. And the NCAA women's tournament, wait for it, boys and girls. I'm donating like I don't fucking know. You know how I feel when I get fucking in this way, Mac. And when I have money, I do dumb shit to help people. I'm like the fucking Robin Hood of fucking reading. I steal from the end. Uh, I, I wouldn't say <laughs> I wouldn't say dumb shit. You do you're the Robin very Hood that's what yeah. I am. The Robin Hood of reading. I steal from the educated and give back to the uneducated. I'm like, motherfucker, can you read? I'm the Robin Hood of reading. Yeah. Kelly just likes to do not dumb shit, but like really nice charitable shit. It's like a read. Unlike certain people, I'm the Robin of reading. There's somebody from Grand Rapids that can fight better than I can, but he is not Robin Hood because he seems like he is robbing the hood. You understand what I'm saying? He is actually robbing the hood. So that's a, that's a double entendre. If you can tone and inflect, you can take Robin Hood and say you're robbing the hood because my favorite rapper is Jay-Z. And wait for it, boys and girls, he gives back. For people that don't know, Kelly's already donated this year $25,000 worth of books to schools in here in Winnipeg and back in Michigan. In I don't the know those, those books. And I, I won't be completely honest. Those books that were supposed to come here, there were some things behind the scene that didn't happen. Those books didn't make it here. They made it to the States. But what did make it here is $10,000 worth of money made it here because I donated to two schools, I mean, to St. John's and to Vincent Mass, two you know, Black institutions of young education in high school. So I don't say that out loud because I wasn't able to speak at the protest. I was pissed. True story. It kind of hurts when I brought my daughter to speak about Black Lives Matter. And guess what? I couldn't get to speak. That bothered me. And it didn't bother me from what happened. It bothered me that nobody did anything afterwards, the protest, which right. I call a parade. So when people get mad at me, I'm like, I can pop as much shit as I want to for the parade. It was a beautiful parade because guess what? If you go to the U of M, you can walk there doot, 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 from 621 Grierson, where's my rental property if anybody wants to rent a place. And our sound studio's here, so don't rob me when I'm gone because it's secure. And there's cameras and shit. Darwin Adams moving in here because he worked for the foundation. So you're going to be robbing Darwin Adams. You walk in the door, dude, dude, He's from the States. He ain't the most pleasant motherfucker to walk Is into. Is he his a, a football teammate? Yeah, he's a football teammate. Darwin okay. Adams. That's a, that's a, that's a sublime plun, uh, pun um, because we'll talk about Darwin Adams and why we support back home. But what I'm trying to say is this. If you look at your customers as customers rather than consumers, as people, and your service is a prop, which is a currency, and it's not kindness, you're going to crush it because people want to connect to real people. People want to invest their time because before I was able to be, have him become a funder and a father and a future grandfather to my daughter, he was a friend. So let's be quite frank. If fathers aren't friends, they don't invest in people. They'll invest in their family. And there was a lot of fathers that saw their daughters not being treated equal. And they got it going in San Antonio and it was rectified. So when I look at Canada, I look at you um, from a serious note, 
when you start taking your life serious, when you start taking your goal serious, when you start checking in on yourself seriously, you start being able to see what you can become. You start shrinking in size and opening up opportunities because those obstacles that were holding you back physically, you've mentally see what it means to move forward. Yeah. Um, so to, so people understand, and you know, we'll probably go more in depth on this topic on Tuesdays. Yes, sir. Uh, but for a month ago ish, I had a kind of a, a pain, let's say. So I go to the doctor and they do the blood work, all that fun stuff. And it turns out that my blood sugar is really effing high. Right. So I go back to the doctor and she's like, yo, you're diabetic, man. Like we got to get the sugar under control. And so now I'm on metformin, which is very common for people with type two diabetes to control their blood sugar. Can you out there and say that it's not a color thing? Cause people that are in the white community, the black community, their audience, because Oh, a diabetes does not discriminate. And can you, you, you can again, get please. right. And you can get it by being healthy. You can get it by being unhealthy. Say that again it, and yeah, be very it, clear it, because yeah. what they're going to try and do in the States is they say diabetes is just black. And no. like, hear me out. To our audience, Mac, look at the analytics. We got how many listeners? Like 3,100? Yeah. Yep. So to the majority of our listeners here, when we play this, and some of our listeners in the States, they're going to argue this. Say that statement right there. That's going to be the argument of arguments from the show, the check-in. Yeah. So like I would consider myself a white privileged male and yeah, I'm type two diabetic. Like diabetes does not discriminate at all. It can affect anyone. If anything, I would think type two diabetes affects more white privileged males because of the lifestyle of eating and the unhealthy of the the CEOs and how they look. You know, Mm -hmm. if you look at unhealthy, rich or poor, it still looks unhealthy. Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Yep. So like when you look at a CEO who's rich, you're like, man, he doesn't look healthy. When you look at like like certain people, like yo, Mark Cuban looks healthy, or certain people look healthy. You're like, is the money the health or is the the, the lifestyle? You know, so like so like you look at what's my man's name? Um, oh my god, I'm getting shot in my foot for this one. Uh, the dude who uh, Russell Brand, no Russell Russell, uh, who who owns the big studio? He's the biggest. He's somebody who owns airline. Um, he's he. I can see his face. White guy, clean beard, just good looking older white guy. He's like the, like he's just <laughs> the richest guy, but he's cool. Uh, like, Bronson. Yes, uh, Richard Bronson. Richard no, Bronson. Richard yeah. Bronson. So Isn't he looked. Yes, Wait, I'm gonna look it it's up. Not, it's not Richard. It's Bronson. It's it, it, it's uh. He owns is, Virgin uh, Radio and airlines and, he, and all that. Yes. Yeah, so he looks healthy. He looks like he enjoys his lifestyle. His like that guy looks Richard like Richard Branson. Sorry, Branson. Richard, Richard Branson. Branson. So we went through the whole Kelly Butler getting to the right person. That's how my mind works. So that particular individual, I would say, even in that lifestyle, he still has a healthy lifestyle. He works out, and and I think you know I'm proud of you, Mac. I mean, you know, today when we look at what we were just talking about, you being able to talk about type two diabetes, checking in that to where you are now, how are you feeling now? Like, where's your weight? At? Yeah. So you- what I was, what I was going to say was before I had actually gone to see a therapist because I would feel so anxious about everything, like about our show, about my job, about my relationship with Lisa, like I'm married to her. Like, why am I worried about that? And so I talked to my therapist and she's like, well, here's some stuff you can try. Great. And then we figure out my blood sugar's off. And now that my blood sugar is back under control, I feel as good as I've ever felt in my life. I've dropped 40 pounds since changing, since that scare. So it's just like you said. Stop for a sec. Stop, stop. Let's let's be the tortoise here. 
when, how long, how long is it taking you to drop 40 pounds? So I was already losing weight before the diabetes scare at the start here. Like I've kind of, Let's I wasn't just, as disciplined as I am so, now. So but, all bullshit aside, like yeah. after that, how much weight have you started losing since you got that scare? I've probably dropped 10 to 15 pounds since the scare. So that's so in take, a month So because I've it, changed my diet very drastically. So before, how long were you fucking around playing with weight? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How long were you just not Oh doing? my God, dude. Like I, I've been 300 <laughs> pounds and even plus for as long as I can remember. And it's just like, he's like, I do this. Well, because I can feel the, I can can feel the weight on me when I talk about it. You know, isn't that scary when you talk about the weight, it comes back like metaphorically speaking. You're like, yo, that energy of the weight that's not there. It felt like I was like, yo, could you put a price on how well you feel right now, Mac? No, no. And you definitely take for granted, you know, I never want to feel like I did, you know, two months ago. And, and, and your wife, um, she puts her foot in her ass and she tries to put it in <laughs> mind. She's tough as nuts. And I love her to death because she's, you know, I mean, she's, she's, she's competitive. She's a good partner for you. And she loves to travel. Um, how much more exciting does travel feel for us? And we're checking in and we're just having a conversation that you're a little bit more healthy to go on those, those, those oh hikes. Oh my God. Those yeah, walks. So, yeah. Go ahead. You know, the, the biggest thing for me, <laughs> the biggest uh, just getting on a plane was such a stress before because you don't want to be that guy that's fucking my guts the, hanging on somebody the extra else beside belt me. Shit, dog. Yeah. Or, or how about being the fact like we're both fat or tall and a skinny person's in the X-ray. You're like, yo, I can really use this. It's just you feel the energy. That's why mm-hmm. I hate the planes. Continue. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm really excited to, you know, fit in a plane seat comfortably, not squeeze in there. I mean, I'm still a pretty wide guy, but you know, with the weight coming off and me and Kelly talked. And I think a smart thing to do is just to lose a couple pounds a month. That way I don't have skin falling off me. Just let it all kind of snap back and do it the right way. And the thing I'm going to do for you is before I leave, I'm going to buy you a spin bike. Um, so you can have a spin bike um, when you move into whatever or, or, or not buy, but have you uh, start spinning? Because I find that as you look at incorporating different lifestyles for our joints, like it's easier for us to ride the bike until we're skinny enough to run. So that's why I'm like, yo, dog, save yourself the arthritic joints of walking 20 miles with that amount. No, 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 no. Wait, guy, get it all off of you on the bike. And then walk, and it's it, it, you're, you have new joints. You're, if you're drinking the water, you're lubricating your joints. And the thing is, what I'm trying to tell the audience on the check-in, because this is my better half, is these are the sciences that I know. And you know why the music sounds better? Do you know why the microphone sounds better? Do you know why the sound clips sound better? Do you still know why the imagery is there? Do you know why his wife is about this? Because that's what he's great at. This show is being able to show what we're both great at. Like we both are self-taught and we're teaching each other. But Mac, this little mini microphone you got going on, great fucking play, my guy. And this guy made fun of me when I told him to get this mic. It's quite tiny, but it works great. Uh, That's kind of, are we talking about my microphone or my microphone? (laughs) That's another play on play, you know? Telling girls that's called a microphone? Oh, I say speak loudly and speak clearly. (laughs) No, I'm just talking about my piece. Anyways, because they're getting cooked right now as I'm talking about something a little bit louder than I should. No, what I'm saying is this mini microphone is technology because when you're talking about robust and we did our own photo shoot in comparison to another photo shoot that, you know, for policy and procedures remain, you know, in, in, in contract and contractually, it costs a hell of a lot more for somebody's idea. And we spent a whole day 
and we didn't necessarily hit the mark. That's the thing about is the music in, in basketball, in football, or in something. If you miss your mark on your idea and you don't have any reason besides just a bunch of bills, then that's when people start talking about, yo, dude, you're, you're wasting our time, which means you're wasting our money. I think we market this idea because it's real. Like, I'm really cool. I'm really curious to the audience. Today, we did a photo shoot um, to, to, to be able to, to, to look back on these photos. You understand what I'm saying? Like, as my daughter was unable to see us or see me speak at that protest, I ain't gonna lie to you, Mac. In that moment today, I was at the ledge, you know, and I had that little small speaker that the same, that they tried to use for 17,000 people. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I won't go too far there. My microphone was unplugged and I just had a conversation with my mother and my father. I had a conversation with all my with all my spiritual relatives. Like for that, I had the drum there. And it was a conversation to be heard to all the spirits. You know, and, and it felt so poetic because there was a picture of that. So there's going to be a picture of the year before when there were 17,000. And there's going to be a picture of one person with just our family. And my daughter's going to be able to still see those same moments. You understand how special that is? Because I was like, man, I'll never be able to get 17,000 people back. I, I was so crushed. I was like, and that's, I think, from the checking guys, if you can't create something new or take that pain and turn that purpose into something that helps other people inspire, then you're being selfish. And, and, and I want to be very, very clear in March Madness for women, it was selfish not to share the weights. It was selfish. And women, it, it was selfish not to share the stage with another man. So the rhetoric works on both sides because now I'm black. Mac is white. You, you really want to know why I'm really black and white? Because Black Lives Matter behind the scenes had white people setting up the stage. And then when media wanted to come out, they said there's no if there's not black media, then you couldn't come out. So my friends like Mac and my other friends like Terry Apostle and uh, Gabrielle and um, Brittany from, um, and, and Rena and all of my friends that I worked with in radio, like, you know, Kathy Kennedy's and all these people that were supporting had to, they couldn't, they couldn't be speak. They couldn't speak. They couldn't share that moment with their kids. Cops that their sons played my program were considered racist. I'm like, yo, I got tripping. And then y'all pulled slick shit and pulled the microphone from me. So as a man, I was like, I'll be back. So I went there with my daughter. Then I went home and cried. And guys, I'm not going to lie to you. The black community, I really thought about community suicide that night for a few days. Then I thought about my daughter. And I called Mac. And I probably have been so mad since then to this photo shoot. And this was not my idea. It's not Mac's idea. So big kudos to Lisa being a female, a white female, a privileged white female that helped this black guy be able to do what's right for his daughter. And my wife, who's white, who is my ex-wife, was there supporting Black Lives Matter. She hates being white more than anything. And the running joke is like, you can't cover your tattoos up. You're still white. And she's like, I fucking hate you. And I use different words, and that's why we're divorced, but she is very passionate about equality. Her kids and the community in, in, in general here is it takes a team to do this. 
I didn't, you know, I don't necessarily, I think I was the person that changed the NCAA, but I definitely have some really powerful people that saw what was going on. They made me a call. Um, Mac, I want you to understand for all the listeners, if you're an extrovert, find a cool introvert because we're going to work on both sides. Um, how, how long we've been doing the show for right now? Where are we at of time? I think we, yeah, we're about to get out of here. We've got two minutes. Oh, we got two minutes. So here's the two minute drill. Yep. If you've listened to the show, you've enjoyed Mac being on the show. If you can take one thing from the show in losing, learn, listen, and lead with pain so nobody else feels the way you felt. But in loss, it's learning. If you gave everything and you still lost, you're like, hey, they were better than me. I gave my best. You can move on and be happy. And Mac, you said it very wisely. When you, you, you were not taking it seriously, what was your lifestyle looking like as far as oh. what your weight goes? Yeah, nothing was. If you don't take it seriously, you will not succeed. you got to give it your all. And now when you weren't taking anything serious, how was it with your career? Were you, were you getting you know, pushed around? Yep, you saw that. I know. That's, I, Although I, I was trying to take that seriously, but you know, as you get pushed down and pushed down, it wears on you, right? And then certain sometimes in those situations, as we'll get into later, because there's some things that are per personal and petty. I, I'm the Drake of this shit at, at times. I had to step up for us, and I, you know, might have lost my opportunity for stepping up, but it was it was an opportunity that was equally there wasn't going to be that anymore. Um, in, in, in other aspects back, you know, where you may necessarily didn't take serious and you look at now, look at how do you feel now about the future? Oh, amazing. I've never felt better about, you know, our show, my life, my relationships. Life's good, man. Don't take anything for granted. And, and guys, we're going to get out of here. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing is if you're willing to put the work in, and, and I'm going to tell you this, guys, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Mac and myself, we have complete control. Like, I've given Mac 51% because last week I wanted to cancel doing the fucking show. That's why there wasn't a check-in because I wanted to cancel the show because I felt like going crazy because I didn't have a chance to have somebody listen to me and talk. So now Mac will be doing the check-in with Kelly Butler. <laughs> The push with Kelly Butler. And guess what? For shits and giggles, the coach's corner will be edited by Mac. So he's <laughs> always here. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? Wait for it. To our younger listeners that are underneath our new company that's coming out soon, wait for it. Mac is going to be mentoring and helping them learn. And that's on the Canadian side. Mac, how many people does the audience not know? that I have contact with on my Facebook. How many people like look at my shit that nobody knows? How many, how, just, just to tell them for a second, please. Oh, it's, it's very, it's very exciting. Um, yeah. Kelly's setting it up to do some very cool things. If you're interested in, and doing a podcast or just audio working with audio and video, he's got some cool things coming. And we're going to get out of here on this one. And this is like, cause Mac, you were really pushing my buttons about guests. You were like, Kelly, guess, guess, guess. And there's certain people that see my feed. That like, you know, I never reshare them because they're out of secrecy because one of these people is like, yo, she is so dope. There's just one person that looks at my shit and she is the dopest person in sports right now as far as um, how she commentates. And there was another person that nobody even knows that sponsors the team that Four Sisters wears the clothes that they're not even there yet. And she looked at our feed today. 
And it was so cool. So if you see me tag somebody, and I'm telling you guys the secrets, if you see me tag somebody and tag them frequently, they're looking at my page. But here's the one thing that I got to tell you guys. If you don't know how to come to that level of client, because she's a superstar dog. She's on people. She's, she is so fucking dope, this person. She is the dopest shit. Her swagger, you know who she is. And she looks at the page. I'm like, yo, dog, Matt, yo, look who saw my shit. Because I'm really excited about this. But if I don't come to her correct, I'm a stutter. <laughs> <laughs> like my homeboy Stu when he saw Scarlett Johansson. So I'm not yeah. going to fuck this up. <laughs> All right. So on that note, if you see a superstar, don't stutter, have a backup plan or have a boy that says, yo, KB, here's how we're going to do this. You be you. And I'm going to find a way till you get her on the show. And then from there, it's a business because we're supporting. I'm not trying to hook up with her. I think she's so fucking dope, though. She is smoke show dope because she cares herself. And to all the men out there, that we're looking at my peas, you can get on the show too. <laughs> Let's, push okay, here, okay. Let's push it out of here, Matt, because I keep talking, watching basketball. I know you want to get out of here. Leave him saying something smooth, Mac, and then we can get out of here. Say something, then we can get out of here. Yeah, cool. Um, just a couple quick updates. Uh, website should be done next week, so that's very exciting. If you could do us a big favor and follow us on Instagram at the push with KB, and please leave us some feedback on the little episode preview clips I make, that would be very much appreciated, and we would love your feedback. If you don't use Instagram, that's cool. You can always email us at thepushwithkb at gmail.com, and, and Kelly and I are always checking that. Check about Apple because you can leave comments on Apple. You check the Apple shit. I'm not yes. an Apple guy. So, yes. so teach our listeners about Apple. I don't know that shit because sure. that's teach us about that shit. So if you're listening to us on Spotify and you have an iPhone or you like Apple Podcasts, we also host our podcast there and you can leave a review, which would be amazing if you could. We would love the support. And uh, we're going to start doing some giveaways on Instagram. So maybe that's a little incentive to maybe look into using Instagram. Thank you for a great day. To the listeners, we want to start giving out stuff. We have to have you push your own limits. So when you start pushing with us, it's going to be a collective agreement. Because, Mac, we got a dope-ass hat, didn't we? Wait till they see us in our hats. Oh, uh, yeah, our Peaky <laughs> Blinders hats. Yeah. You already know, baby. Let's so look push for that out. on Instagram. Peace. This is your boy, KB. I'm pushing out of here. It's the host with the most. And my, you know, if I'm Batman, I got, I'm black man. Then that's my man, Batman, over guess there. I'm, guess I'm, I guess I'm White Robin. <laughs> I'm White Robin. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here on that one. Peace.